your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 236 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Well, the Winnipeg Jets got 20% off on their win on Saturday night, the third period, a complete no-show from your Ottawa Senators. They started well, could not finish. They ultimately fall and are swept. By the Jets. We'll clean that game up, give you our Send Central standouts before we turn the page, like you have to do in a short season. The next challenge is the Vancouver Canucks, the first of three matchups out west. Get your pot of coffee on late. It's a 10 o'clock start, but it's against the only team closest to them in the North Division standings. Huge points on the line every night up here in the Canadian Division, but tonight even more so. So we'll tee that game up and We'll touch on our Nodak Sens because, holy, they have been buzzing. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, January 25th, and Pilsy, in unity with the Ottawa Senators, I suggest that we absolutely nail the first two segments and then pack it in and just not even do a third tonight. Hey, that uh, all jokes aside, that third period was an absolute gong show by the Ottawa Senators. Like getting outshot 20 to 4 when it's a the Senators had the lead heading into that period. It was this win was within their grasp and they just let it all slip away. How often do you have Connor Hellebuck letting in goals like he did? Like that Brady goal, yeah, it's a nice spin move, quick wrist shot, but he's got to have that one. And Nick Paul, just a wrist shot off the rush. And yeah, we know Nick Paul. We've touted his shot is elite at this level, even the hardest shot on the team as of last year's skills competition. But you don't often light up Hellebuck for three goals through two periods so you have to take advantage of that what went wrong what took the foot off the gas pedal for Ottawa well I'll mention a couple things and uh, I guess I'll start with uh, with the big obvious move that happened here and that was DJ Smith inserting Michael Haley into the lineup and hey I guess sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for right because Ross the episode before I said I want to scrap I want the sense to get physical or get physical show their side show their strength and their might I didn't mean that I wanted Michael Haley into the lineup and I wanted a stage fight in the first period let let me make that clear that's not what I wanted at all I didn't want Michael Haley in the lineup I wanted it to be either Watson Paquette or Goody uh, throwing down the gloves and fighting and let's not just have a staged emotion staged fight right at the start of the game just to get it out of the way because let's be honest after that Michael Haley was essentially useless so I would have rather they waited till emotions got got uh, really heated or in that third period when your team is falling absolutely flat that's when you spark a fight that's when you try to get a boost of emotion not the way that they did it so to answer your question, that's the first mistake is bringing Michael Haley in because you're only going to get 
what what did he play seven minutes total and he dropped the gloves in his first shift yeah that's exactly what happened a fight with nate bolu but it wasn't even a good scrap he just kind of no. held on he didn't really throw any punches. well and that's the issue with michael haley ross because he's so outsized in every single fight that he kind of has to hang around and wait for his opportunity and then strike i think that's what he was waiting for i wouldn't say he lost the fight but he definitely didn't win it either and then now going on to another part of why they fell flat Cedric Paquette was injured in the second period. Mind you, we don't really love Cedric Paquette's game as it is. But then when you've got a guy who's not in the game anymore for an entire period and you have Michael Haley, you're ba- let's, let's be real here. You're basically down two men the entire time. So I think that was a real issue for the Ottawa Senators in the third period. And that's why the final 20 minutes fell flat for them. Yeah, Michael Haley playing just over 7.30, as you mentioned, and Cedric Paquette just over five minutes. So you're down to basically three lines at that point. Wouldn't it be nice if you then had a Colin White, someone who you could elevate and play with more skilled players, but instead they went with Artem Anisimov, who I actually thought looked good in the first two periods, but that defensive effort on the goal that put the Jets up to was Mike Hoffman-esque. You know that highlight where Connor McDavid, and yeah, Connor McDavid looks a, makes a lot of players look bad, but he just went past him, and it was it's a complete turnstile. He does absolutely nothing to slow the play down, doesn't get in the way, and then just spins around. He's like, oh, <laughs> there he goes, and the puck's in the back <laughs> of your net. So I don't know if Artem Anisimov should still be in this lineup. That's, I guess, a story for another day. But, man, they, they have to do something to get the momentum back because when they lose it, they fold. And that's not what you want out of a DJ Smith coach team. These are supposed to be uh, in-your-face, aggressive teams and yeah they lead the league in hits in per 60 minutes they lead the league in penalties per 60 minutes I don't know if those two things are great to go together they're probably last in offensive zone time so I don't know I, th- I think there has to be a bit of a twist in how how they attack teams and you have to plan for a 60 minute game right you can't just go and hit everything until you get tired because that what's happening like what's what's stopping them from playing the same style in the first period as the third because this isn't the first time game one of the Winnipeg series they're up in the third period and they give away a late lead now that you can also chalk up to a bit of discipline late in that game same can be said for Saturday now Derek Stepan mentioned in his post game that's an unacceptable penalty uh, puck over the glass the second time this year he's done it and I believe the first was in that Winnipeg game which cost them the game tying goal so I was going to say, what do you have to do to avoid that penalty? But it's such a, a mental error because you can't, you can't do that. You're an NHL. You're brought in for stability. How does he go about getting past that? And I'm assuming that his spot in the lineup isn't jeopardized. Yeah, well, hey, we'll chalk those up as veteran mistakes. How about we call them that? And that, yeah, that's, I mean, what else is Derek Stepan going to say there? Like, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no gray area. That is clearly unacceptable. And that was a big momentum killer for sure. So that kind of stuff can't be happening. I want to touch quickly on Anisimov, though, because it was a weird game for him. Like, offensively, he had some really nice touches. He set up that Nick Paul play. He made a nice, perfect banked pass off the boards to set him on the rush. He, on the power play, he had a shot that almost beat Hellebuck. Hellebuck was lucky. It just hit his glove. It just landed in there. He almost got him on the far side. But, yeah, defensively, just an absolute mess. So what do they need to do? I'm with you. Let's insert Colin White into that lineup because you can get a lot of 
better minutes out of Colin White, I think, on an overall level offensively and de- defensively than he will from Artem Nismov. And he's a younger guy, so he's going to have those legs to stretch him in to the 45th minute and beyond, like when those older guys are getting tired because they're basically down two men and you got to run them out for a couple more shifts. So I think that is a good idea. As far as Derek Stepan, I think we could see him move down more to a a third-line center role, a little bit more of a a checking role. He's not going to get as many minutes as as usual because – he hasn't done a whole lot and that he's had some offensive chances and he's whiffed on him too. Like I haven't been overly impressed. A guy that I think should maybe take his spot there is Chris Tierney. Now I like Chris Tierney on the wing last game. That was a weird uh, move. We hadn't seen him there before, but I think he's been playing a solid game so far and I like his offensive upside. I think that's maybe a guy that you can lean on a little more than the Sens already have been. Is that something that you look to do if Timmy Stutzla is back in the lineup as well tonight? We know that return is imminent, and he was playing with Stepan and Dadanov, who, by the way, scored his first goal of the year, and it was a costly goal. He went face first into the boards after. Holy. But before we touch on that goal, like, does Stutzla's reinsertion into the lineup affect how you move these centermen up and down? Yeah, I think so a little bit because – Stutzla, like, this is your prize jewel. This is your third overall pick. This is your young, up-and-coming, dynamic, offensive guy. You need to be catering to him. Like, you're not just throwing Stutzla on a line and hoping it works. You're seeing Stutzla in your lineup and being like, how can we best support him? How can we put him in a situation or scenario to succeed? And I think getting him on a line with Tierney and Dadanov, I think that would be a great way to facilitate some offense. And look, Not every line can have a veteran checking guy on it. I think the Sens are going to have to get one line whose main focus is just offense because, like you said, what's happening late in the games with the Sens, I think they're not as confident in their approach because they're hitting and they're playing so aggressive, but they're not getting those chances. So when you're working hard and not getting your opportunities to score, it's really hard to stay motivated. So I think that's a big part of why they're falling flat late in games here. So a four-goal third period boosts the Jets past the Ottawa Senators for the three-game sweep. Ottawa falls to 1-3-1 and one on the young season. However, they're playing a Vancouver team that has equally struggled. We'll tee that game up a little bit later. We're also going to get into our Send Central standouts. You can assure that the third period will not be one, but there were a couple of those players. And if you bet on the right horse, you're probably going to win. And somewhere you can do that is betonline.ag. You know it's the number one place that has you covered and the only place that we trust for sports betting. And you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Just use our promo code. We've got one. It's called Locked On. Just put that in all caps. It'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That NFC-AFC championship matchup yesterday was unbelievable. The Super Bowl is going to be even better. Is Tom Brady going to win? His seventh ring? Sheesh, I wouldn't bet against it. I would go to betonline.ag, and I would be all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. But if you don't want to wait two weeks until your wager actually goes through, Pilsy's got a parlay coming up, and it is spicy. It has to be because he is on a cold streak. So if you want to fade him, go right ahead. But you can go to betonline.ag to do just that. And Pilsy, where are you leading the troops into today dare i ask well hey i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna put up a front the pilsies parlay of the day has been brutal lately but 
look, there's only one game tonight. So you might be thinking, how are we going to get a parlay in? There's not going to be a Pillsy's parlay of the day. Wrong. We're getting a parlay in. And this one I feel good about. The Vancouver Canucks have been hot garbage lately. The Senators also hot garbage. So we got a real dumpster fire match coming on here. 10 o'clock tonight, though. Your Ottawa Senators, I think, are going to win this game. They've been, they've been struck by the Winnipeg Jets. They couldn't figure them out. But this is a low Vancouver team that I think they can pounce on. So the first part of the parlay, we're hitting that plus 130 money line. I like the Sens to win. I think it's going to be a close game. But it's going to be a lot of scoring. So the over is set at 6 we're going to hit the over on this parlay as well at minus 125. So sends money line and the over at six. Put in 10 bucks. You're going to win 3140 along with me. I feel good about this one. And we're cheering for goals and the Ottawa Senators. So our hopes are in the right place. And let's get this week started off right, guys. Pilsy's parlay of the day. Oh, I like that. That is. Uh... Definitely not biased at all, Pills. But the Ottawa Senators, 30th in goals against per game. The Vancouver Canucks, 31st in goals against per game. So, you can imagine, it'll probably be 3-1 with an empty netter. And just despite Pillsy, it'll be for the Canucks. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy, now let's get to our Send Central standouts from Game 5. And you can always interact with us on Twitter, at Send Central. We tweet these out at the end of every game and ask, who stood out for you? But before we get to what the fans think, Pilsy, I want to know what you think. Who was your number one Send Central standout? Well, there wasn't a lot of Send Central standouts from this game, especially in that third period. But I'm going to go with probably the most consistent player this team has seen all year, and that's Nick Paul. Nick Paul has just been, he's been so good for the Sens. Like, I can't think of one opportunity where I've been like, oh, what is Nick Paul doing there? Or like any sort of bad mistake. He's playing solid minutes, like 16-32 was his time on ice. He's getting time on the power play. He's killing penalties. Like, this guy is showing DJ Smith that he can be a Swiss Army knife here. You can use him in all sorts of situations. He's a really effective player. He had that awesome goal and I want to talk about this goal for a second too because Anisimov he made the nice pass to Nick Paul but then what Nick Paul does really well here and he's a bigger guy is he has Neil Pionk draped all over him he throws his butt out pushes Neil Pionk way off to the side brings the puck to uh to his stick hand and just wires it top shelf on a Vesna winning goalie from way far out. That's the kind of thing that the Senators need someone who can get them that quick, easy goal. And Nick Paul's the guy that's going to do it. We had him in, in pen written as that left one, left winger on the fourth line. He's a guy that we could see in the top six regularly now with the way he's been playing. So that's you could you could argue that Nick Paul has been a Sen Central standout for every single game this season, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. So that's the guy I'm going with today. Another guy similarly to Nick Paul, we got a lot in the replies on our tweet for who was the Sen Central standout, is Nikita Zaitsev. Because not only are the points there and his assists, but his reads in the defensive zone are awesome. His transitional game is just leaps and bounds from where we saw it last year. What's gotten into Nikita Saitsev, Pills? We said it. He heard our segment where we ranked him the lowest 
healthy player on this entire organization. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And hey, this is a guy who's got a couple years left at a big ticket. He's got something to prove. And I'm loving what I'm seeing from Nikita Zaitsev. I think this is the Nikita Zaitsev, the Toronto Maple Leafs signed to that contract. Yeah, the one that Lou Lamorello locked up for seven years, for sure. And you need puck movers on the back end. And like Mike Riley, I've actually thought it's been, been pretty good. And even in the last few games, especially, but he's not my sense central standout. I was giving you a few other names because I didn't just want to take my locked on player and make him my standout and just leave it at that. So a couple defensemen to uh, sink your teeth into is guys who've had a great game, but it's Brady Kachuk. Like this guy, as the team goes, he goes. And when he was on through two periods and he didn't play as much as I would have liked again in the third period, they're still hesitant to put the kids out there when they're defending a lead. And that needs to change. But he still played a lot more than he did on Saturday's matchup where he only played 1450, which was unacceptable. Back where you'd expect him. Three shots on goal, three hits, and the goal. He had a great story after the game, too. His grandpa still lives in Winnipeg. Uh, I mentioned last show, right? His dad met his mom when they were in Winnipeg. So half his family is from there, even. But pretty upsetting that his his grandpa couldn't be at the game. But just knowing that uh, obviously, the whole family's watching, but a special place for the Kachucks. His dad was the captain of the Winnipeg Jets when he was 21 years old. So it was a beauty, too. Eh? He got a spin, was able to locate the puck, and put it right through the five hole of Connor Hellebuck. So I thought it was just a hell of a game here. Classic Kachuk game. And you need that on the road. You need your leaders to lead. And that's what Brady did last night. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, Ross. Like, Brady had a good game. And that's what I was talking about when uh, a, a couple episodes ago when we were saying, how are we going to beat Hellebuck? How are you going to do this? You need to get creative and you need to you need to figure out new ways to beat him. And that what Brady tried there with that spinorama, that probably doesn't work nine out of ten times. But you got to try something. You got to try to make it work. And it fools Hellebuck. And hey, same with Daddy. <laughs> Funny enough, that's not how I pictured Evgeny Dad now scoring his first goal as an Ottawa Senator. But you do what you got to do to get that puck through him, and that's what they did. And, hey, let's flip it to the other crease. Hashtag goalie-friendly show. I can't believe we haven't mentioned the play of Marcus Hogberg. He had, uh, from what I think, was an outstanding game. Like, sure, the goals are there, and that's unfortunate for Hogberg, but a lot of those were not his fault and not much he could have done there. Just poor defensive efforts. Like, you talked about the Nisimov one. The goal that Andrew Kopp got, you can't let a guy get six whacks at a rebound right in front of the net like, that that's unacceptable so I think Hogberg and he had a couple uh really good saves on Nikolai Ehlers too Ehlers had uh, back-to-back chances and Hogberg shut the door so that's uh that's going to be my honorable mention uh Sense Central standout for sure Marcus Hogberg oh goalie friendly show how could we not and uh it, it was it was a good performance it was a surprise performance for me I didn't think that he was going to get that start but ultimately he goes in and plays well we also thought we were going to see Artyom Zub, he wasn't in the lineup, but Christian Willanen came in on the left side. I thought he was excellent at breaking pucks out and getting the transition game going, much like Zaitsev. They need more of that from more players. Like I need to see, I need to see that from all six defensemen so you can get the puck up ice and play in the right side of the zone. And just to touch on Brady, he had eight shifts in both the second, first and second period, just seven in the uh, third period. So uh, still pretty much the same, whereas Josh Norris only played four shifts in the third period. So they're still not relying enough on their youth, but eventually that will come. Just remember 2018-19, right? You get to the trade deadline, that's when things really open up for the rest of the players to come in. But 
There's just something about NHL GMs, coaches, owners, whatever it is. They feel like as long as they're in the hunt for a playoff spot, they have to play the vets. So I guess that's probably what we're going to see over the next few days before we tee up the first of those three games in Vancouver. Still six games left on the road trip, but the next three are in Vancouver. Two 10 p.m. starts, bookended. The middle game is an 8 p.m. start on the Eastern time zone. We know we have listeners all over the place, so we'll clarify that Eastern time zone there. But before we get to that, Pills, we got to talk about our Nodak Sens. Like, I want to start with Tyler Clevin, the K-Train, helicoptering a Colorado college player in the first shift of the game, completely steamrolling him. And, hey, shout-out to Alex Heiner for giving the shout-out to Sens fans with dropping the K-Train reference on the NCHC broadcast. That was awesome. But then we saw something that don't ask any scout to show you this clip because they've probably buried it with lock and key. Tyler Clevin, one of the best puck skill moves I've seen in college hockey this year. He gets the puck, full steam, bounces it off the boards, pivots around a guy, spins off him, and then picks the puck up and goes in. I don't think I've ever seen someone 6'5 pull that move. Have you? Not someone who's touted as being poor with handling the puck and not a very good skater, that's for sure. The only guy who I think I've seen do it is P.K. Subit, who's touted for his agility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, Tyler Clevin, proving people wrong, myself one of them. Like, he's performed much better with the puck and offensively than I could have imagined. And he's still playing that physical game. He absolutely, like you said, annihilated that one guy. I feel bad for anyone playing up against uh, Tyler Clevin and the Nodak Sens. You got to keep your head up out there. But uh, yesterday's game, Sunday, what an amazing win, too. 5 nothing. How about some Nodak Sens standing out? Shane Pinto with two goals, one of them an absolute beauty, a play that he uh, creates all by himself, coast to coast, butters the toast, and even does the Bobby Orr fall as he gets tripped wrapping around the goalie there. you got to love that. And then Jake Sanderson with two apples, getting it done. 5 nothing win for UND. got to love it. Yeah, it was really nice to see Jake Sanderson get back on the score sheet because we know that his game is so much more than putting up points, but it's got to feel good when you can finally, you know, contribute on the score sheet. So Sanderson, Clevin, both contributing in their own way, and then Pinto leading the charge. This guy is a complete stud. And when we keep talking, you're like, you're like Derek Stepan, third-line center. Chris Tierney, probably a third-line center. Colin White, maybe a third-line center. You, you kind of think, okay, hey, well, where's the top-end guys? And Shane Pinto, he's coming. He's coming in a hurry, and I don't know if he'll step right into the NHL. We saw with a guy like Josh Norris. Uh, it took a little bit longer once you get to, to the pro level. However, Josh Norris missed the second half of his sophomore year in college with an injury, so he was a step behind after that, whereas Shane Pinto, this guy is just a complete animal at both ends of the ice. And with an offensive center like Josh Norris, you need a little bit more time to work on your defensive uh, tendencies, whereas Shane Pinto, I think that that's probably the strength of his game. So he might be able to step right in. But whatever it is, all we know is this guy is – top end of the nchc score sheet he is putting up points at a ridiculous pace shane pin two as we tweeted out at send central because the two goals is nothing new for shane pinto what is new is pilsy's pick of the week for our built bars because built bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar i had the coconut almond one yesterday it was absolutely delicious by the way a nutritional grand slam to say the least. It was low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and 
You know that I call that a nutritional grand slam, but I'm going to add a fifth part to it. It was absolutely delicious. It was 100% covered in chocolate. It was soft. It was easy to chew. I told you I went with one of the ones with, with nuts, but there's eight flavors if you want something nut-free as well. So don't feel like you're boxed into a corner. But you should get the mixed box now that I mentioned boxes because that way you get all the variety you need. And then when you listen to the Locked On Senators podcast, Pillsy will point you in the right direction of which bar you should go with today. I'm going to profile the mint brownie, though, just for fun. 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. So you put those all together with the delicious taste of mint brownie. Our friends at Built Bar are doing great things. They're also great if you're a health-conscious guy or girl. If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging this delicious treat, Built Bars are for you. Pillsy, let's lead these people. We know that your parlays aren't doing well, but you cannot go wrong picking a Built Bar. Thank God for that, Ross. There's no wrong answers when it comes to Built Bar. And guys, that series against the Winnipeg Jets, that just left a salty taste in my mouth. I'm salty after that one. But let's get a good salty taste in your mouth. How about salted caramel Built Bar? I love the mix of sweet and salty. And you're going to love low calories, high protein, low sugar, high fiber from this. The salted caramel, that's Pillsy's pick of the day. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. It's Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Pillsy, before we get to our preview of tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks, we want to remind you that you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast to the Locked On Senators podcast. And we also really do appreciate when you leave reviews. Also, our main tweet that we put out for the episode on Twitter, if you want to retweet that, share it, like it, always appreciated for sure, Pillsy. Now, we made you wait till the end of the episode to get the preview for Vancouver game. We did that on purpose, not because we're going to take the third period off like Ottawa did on Saturday, but because it's going to be a long wait until game time, until 10 p.m. Eastern. What is the main focus of this Sens team tonight? What needs to happen for the Sens to win. I want to see some discipline here. Uh, I think the penalty kill has been really good, thankfully. I mean, that's one bright spot you can point to. But They've been busy. They, that's the thing. They've been busy, and they need to stay disciplined, stay out of the box. I think five on five, the Senators can hang with the lowly Vancouver Canucks. And if we can stay disciplined as the Senators and the, the Vancouver Canucks take a couple poor penalties, let's cash in on those. Let's get the momentum going in the Sens' favor. Like we said, like the first two periods have been pretty solid by the Senators. Let's keep enough energy. Let's keep enough motivation for that third period. We need a full 60 here. And I think the Sens have a good chance if we can stay disciplined and have a full 60 minutes here. It's going to be a close game. But yeah, like I said in Pillsy's parlay of the day, bet the over because there's going to be a lot of goals, I think. Is there going to be over under one in, 1.5 roster changes from, from last game to tonight? Because we're hopeful, and we were hopeful last game, that Tim Stutzla would return. I'm, I'm thinking it's tonight, but nothing's been confirmed. We're recording at 10 a.m. right now, and with the team out west, it's probably unlikely we'll know until closer to 2 p.m. But on the back end, I mean, DJ Smith said himself, Artem Zub is going to get into a game here at some point. Braden Coburn also sat another favorite of DJ Smith. Are either of those guys going to get back in the lineup tonight, do you think? 
I don't think so. I don't see uh, Coburn or Zub uh, really moving the needle too far anyway. But I can tell you one thing, Michael Haley's not going to be in there. And then Cedric Paquette, as far as I know, is is probably not going to be in the lineup as well. So I'm hitting the over on one and a half roster changes. Okay, and if Haley's out and Paquette, we know that Colin White would draw in. Stutzla likely the other? Hopefully, yeah. I'm not so convinced that Stutzla will be in this game. It seems like there's still a little something lingering there. So get Colin White in and... Hey, you know, you know who would be nice to see? How about a Philip Schlappick once in a while? I mean, there's probably going to have to, there's going to be some paperwork and moving up and down for that to happen. So it probably won't happen tonight, but I wouldn't mind seeing what Schlappy's got here. Now that Rudolph Balsters is gone and that kind of role is all his for the taking, let's give him a shot. Yeah, imagine being Alex Galchenyuk scoring a beauty like he did the other night and then being healthy scratch so that Michael Haley I actually could come forgot in. about forgot about Galchenyuk. Yikes. That's the that's probably the guy actually that would get in there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still kind of a big time yikes there when uh when their paper transaction retroactively putting Stutzel on the IR so that he could be on it for one game so that Michael Haley could come in. So that's just a uh, uh, you need to give your head a shake when, when that, that situation is brought up. But, hey, whatever does happen tonight, they need to play better in the third period. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Vancouver, they're a good team on paper, like especially in between the pipes. Holpe's had the Sens number. Like Just think of in Washington. He always used to beat up on the Senators. It's going to be a little different tonight. Uh, we don't know who's starting, but whether it's him or Demko, they're going to have to get a lot of pucks on net, and they're going to have to jam away at rebounds. I want to see – the Josh Norris, Batherson, Kachuk. I know what Kachuk's going to bring, but Batherson and Norris had their toughest games of the season. And I don't know if it's a coincidence that it was the first road game. They don't get the favorable matchups. They have to line up against Shifley's line. And tonight, probably Pedersen or Horvat, two formidable top lines on the Vancouver Canucks. So with that being said, who are you locked on to tonight, Pills? Who are you going to be ISO-cammed on for tonight's game? Well, similar to Nick Paul, where we said it seems like every game you could be have him as a, a standout player. This this guy, not to the same extent, but he's definitely not out there making any mistakes that I could see. Connor Brown. And this is, I had my gripes with Connor Brown with this last season. He gets so many breakaway and all alone opportunities, but just is not able to bury them for whatever reason. So let's see him get a really good opportunity and bury it. Get that confidence. Get the momentum shifted in the Sens' favor. I love how he plays shorthanded. He's so uh, responsible with the puck. He makes smart, easy, quick decisions to get the puck out of the zone. I feel like defensively on the on the back check, he's been really good. On the forecheck, he's been good. So I'm going to be watching him and hoping that he's doing all those little things that he always does, but he's going to get an opportunity to score and he's going to capitalize on it. So my locked-on player for tonight's game is Connor Brown. You're calling a goal for Connor Brown tonight? I can see it happening. He's been getting the chances and he's been set up to get the chances. And with some other players struggling offensively, I can see uh, DJ Smith who loves Connor Brown. That's a coach's guy for sure. Giving him a little bit more responsibility here and more opportunities. So that would be his first goal of the season. He came over in a trade with Nikita Zaitsev. So my player to watch will be Nikita Zaitsev. Let's see if he can keep this momentum going and he's got five assists, but no goals. So, I'm going to double down. I'm going to say Nikita Zaitsev finds the back of the net with no double deflection this time. Just a straight in goal. So Connor Brown, Nikita Zaitsev, our players to watch. Make sure you head to Send Central on Twitter right before game time. We'll probably tweet it out around 7 o'clock, and we'll ask you who you're locked on. 
tonight. So make sure you comment on that, interact with us there, and we'll be back tomorrow to break it all down. But for today, we say goodbye. Make sure you get a nap in this afternoon for the late start. And then when you wake up tomorrow, know that you'll have a Locked On Senators podcast right there waiting for your drive to work. For Brandon Filler, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.